Somebody was excited over that. <laughs> I'm glad to see everybody out this morning, and uh, hopefully everybody's feeling pretty good. Um, it's been a, a good week. I want to thank y'all, and I want you to continue to pray uh, for one of Abby's friends, Preston Guy, a uh, young man I was telling y'all about last week uh, that's in the hospital, still in the hospital, still uh, he's progressing, he's doing great, um, and so we just keep praying for him and that family and um, the doctors and all that are involved uh, with his recovery and, and surgeries and all that he's got to go through through that incident. Um, or something else. Oh, I, the not sure the whole situation, but uh, there was a wreck there below Cindy and Mike's last night that sounded pretty bad. I had to fly somebody out. Don't, don't know a lot of details on that one. Just uh, remember that situation as well. We're going to be over in Deuteronomy chapter 6 this morning. Deuteronomy, we're going old school. We're going Old Testament this morning. We're going to look at life. And there's a lot of life in, in Deuteronomy, especially if you look at the children of Israel and you look at how God brought them out. So we're going to look at life and how we look at life. I hope you look at life in, in a positive light. I hope you do. If not, maybe today you'll change your mind. So how do you look at it? So I'll give you a few examples of how some people look at life. Some people look at life as a party. Some people look at life as just something that uh, we're going to just have us a good old time. Some people even start their life, their, their party out early before the weekend starts. They're going to start partying. They're going to start having a good time. But they look at life as nothing more than a great big old party. Now, you got some people that look at life as work work and a little more work they get up early and they work they work all day don't think about life they just think about work they work late they burn the midnight oil because all they care about in this life is work now there's different types of work that you some people some people got to get up pretty early to feed them cows don't they <laughs> get that hay out or do whatever they got to do some people do have to get up early and work, but they don't mean that they work till dark, work till midnight, unless you're delivering calves. But, you know, we don't all have to work that hard, and we should not make life or priority in this life work. It's just something that we need to, I say limit, but we need to take extreme caution as to where we put our priorities in this life and work should not be really high priority where you're taken away from God, where you're taken away from your family. I know I told y'all this when I left, as when I left Samaritan's Purse was one of the reasons I had to go was because it was overwhelming my life. It was overwhelming my family life. It was overwhelming my spiritual life and the way that I was able to study and, and present. And I know that I can tell a huge difference in the way that I study and, and preach now just by being gone, by minding the Lord he does great things, so we've got to be careful with the, how we, we look at life as we work. Now, some people see life as a gathering of possessions. Some people think that in this life, all they are to do is to acquire as much stuff as possible before death. And the sad part about that is they're going to acquire as much stuff as possible. They're going to use it once, and they're going to put it away. So they're, they're getting things that they don't need, but their focus in this life is stuff. And that's what drives them through life is just, I got to get more. I got to get as much as possible, and I got to hoard this mess up. Going to, just like the, in the Bible over in Luke where he talks about how you got to build up. He's going to tear down his barns and build bigger barns. That's how a lot of people are. They're going to tear down as many sheds as possible, build bigger ones, and fill it up. Once they're full, let's tear them down and build bigger. 
That's how a lot of people look at life right now. Some people look at life as the here and now. They see nothing beyond this life. They're going to live this life for however many years that they see or that they can before they die. And then after that, there's nothing. You know, the groundhogs will be delivering mail to them, and that's about it. They just feel like they're going to die, and that's all. There's no afterlife. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no purgatory in their mind, which there is no purgatory. But, you know, they have nothing. They got nothing. So it's just the here and now. And then we got some people that see life as eternity. It doesn't matter what happens here. It's what you don't get your life until you get to the hereafter. And everybody goes to heaven. Those people think that everybody goes to heaven, that there is no hell, that everybody goes on to a better place. It's like dogs, you know. All dogs go to heaven. They think all people go to heaven, that they don't have to have salvation. And some people don't even think it's heaven. It's just a better place. They don't even call it heaven. And that's when life begins. There is the way that God sees life. This is what we're going to focus on today. How does God see life? What we're going to read in Deuteronomy 6 here in a moment this is the definition of how God sees life. This is how we should be eyeing life. This is how we're supposed to see life. I don't want to see a life any other way than the way that God has laid it out for us. That's the perfect life for us. Through salvation, that's great. We got, we got salvation, that means we're going to have a great life. Not just this life, but ever after. Life ever after. That eternity in heaven, that's the great life. That's, that, I can't wait for that. So we're going to be over in Deuteronomy, if you will stand with me just a moment. Deuteronomy 6, 20 through 25. Bible says, And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the status and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then, you shall, then thou shalt say unto thy son, We are... Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God, for our God always, that he might preserve our life as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we start our day off, Lord, in your word, as we start out this morning looking at a promise that you are going to, to keep us, how you're going to lead us, through this life, Lord, as, as Christians, you're going to lead us through this life uh, as safely as possible. But, Lord, you're going to be with us through the life, this life, and then we're going to get to see eternity with you. And Father, I pray that each person that's within the sound of my voice this morning has that peace in their heart of salvation. Lord, they have that commitment, they have that relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, knowing that they are eternally secure in their salvation. They have made your Son their Savior. Lord, that... that they have come to realize the error in their ways, and they have placed their life in your son's hands. God, we love you, and we thank you for this message this morning. Lord, I pray that it touches someone and encourages someone. And, and again, as we always pray, Father, if there be ones here or, or listening that may be lost, Lord, I pray that today will be their day of salvation. I'll in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat.
So again, we're going to look at some of this uh, old school, Old Testament uh, scripture here in Deuteronomy. That uh, it's it's good. We need it. We need we need to hear this. We need to we need to get back in the Old Testament more than we normally do. So verse uh, twenty and twenty one. We're going to kind of break down these verses again today, just to kind of explain it a little bit deeper and bring out some more meaning in the word of God this morning so first thing we're going to look at God wants us to look back at our life to see how he has brought us to this point he wants us now he don't want us to harp on it God don't want us to hang out and just harp on the Saul and if I if you hear me referring to Saul I'm talking about Paul and Saul Paul uh before Paul when he was Saul if I say Saul's lives that's Saul that's that's the old man that's the old creature that's the old thing that died off a long time ago but God wants us to look at our old lives, the Saul life, but he don't want us to harp on the Saul life. There's no future in that, but he does want to remind us as often as possible where he brought us from. That's what he did with the children of Israel. He, he wants to remind them of where he had brought them from. They were in bondage. They were slaves. They were Pharaoh's slaves. They were miserable people, but they were God's people and he protected his people, and he brought his people out of that bondage, and he brought them out of Egypt, and he brought them into the land of milk and honey. He wants to remind them of where he brought them from and to the point that they are at that moment. That's what he wants to do with us. He wants to remind us of where we are at this point in time that he brought us right here. He, I don't know, what is today? Today's the 24th. He brought us to January 24, 2021, right now. He brought us all to this point right now so that we could meet at 11 a.m. at Chestnutdale Baptist Church. He brought us to this point. Now, what's going to happen after this point? I have no clue. He knows, but he has a plan for us. But he wants to remind us of all the things that have taken place up to this moment in our life. He's had a hand in it. He's brought us to this point right now. Great things have happened to us up to this point. Bad things have happened to us up to this point. But he's been with us up to this point. He's brought us through the thick and thin. He's brought us through the highs and lows. Every valley we went through and every mountaintop we crossed, he said, I've been there with you. I got your hand. I'm leading you through. So he's wanting to remind us of the bad, just like with the children of Israel right here. Verse 20 uh, and 21 again, it says, And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, what mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaohs. I like that. We were Pharaohs. Bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. He's brought us out just like the children of Israel. He has brought us out of the bondage. He has brought us out of the, the whatever we've been going through in this life. Some people look back at their life and they see nothing but guilt. Absolutely nothing but guilt. They've done something in the past and it haunts them to this very day. They wish a hundred times a day that they could uh, go back to that point in their life and, 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 and fix whatever they had done wrong. So people look back at life and see nothing but regret and, and these missed opportunities that they had. They keep telling themselves, if I had only done this, if I would only done that, would have made a change. A, a, a really good example of this right now is this, uh, this young man I was telling you all about, Preston. Uh, his good friend, good friend, great friend, but probably his best friend, 
still looks back at the day of the accident, and he says, if I'd only invited him to come to my house this night, this wouldn't have happened. He has that regret. We've all got regrets. We all look back in our lives and said, if I'd only said this or done this, then so-and-so wouldn't be here or this wouldn't have happened. We all have regrets. We cannot get hung up on these regrets. He doesn't want us to hang up on regrets. The past is the past. God has got us through it. God is getting this young man through the situation. And I think this other young man is finally realizing that God has a greater plan than he could ever imagine. Don't get hung up on these regrets. Some people look back at life with this longing for the good old days. Now, I'm not that old, but I miss the good old days. Now, I, and where I grew up, I, you know, I tell everybody I, I pretty much grew up in Blackberry. I was born and raised in Vilas, but I, I loved Blackberry. I loved to go down the other side of Blowing Rock, and that's where I wanted to be. Those were, that was my Mayberry. That was my, that was my happy place, and it was the good old days where I could go to my grandma's house, I could play in the woods all day or, or run dogs at night or, or whatever, rabbit hunt whenever I wanted to. I, did, I loved it. That was the good old days. I hadn't I have, It was carefree. I didn't have a care in the world. All I cared about was being at grandma's house and coon hunting at night, hunting during the day, fishing whenever I wanted to. That was the good old days. Now, some of y'all thinking good old days where you walk to school five miles uphill both ways in the snow barefoot in July. That of course, I could believe that up here, neighbor. <laughs> it was the good old days. Back when Coke was five cents. You know, I, I threw a fit the other day when I got a honey bun that's 50 cents. That blew, why? No, it was 85 cents. I'm sorry. Why is a honey bun 85 cents? I used to pay 50 cents for them. It was cheaper than that at, one, at 35 cents at one time. Those were the good old days. We liked the good old days. I love the good old days. When I didn't have to pay insurance and a mortgage and all that stuff. But they see life has changed so much from when it, the way things used to be. And these things could, and they want these things to return to the way they used to be. And I would like to see that, a more simpler life. I would love to live a life pre-internet, pre-technology the way that we are now. Well, I think things were a lot more simple. I think things were a lot better before technology. I think I really do think life was better then, but I, I won't get on that one. God's telling us whatever happened in our life, good or bad, the whole purpose was to get us to this very point. The good old days was to get us to this point. Bad old days was to get us up to this point because Paul tells us in Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together. Even the bad things work together for the good. And we are to praise God for it. And we are to give him the credit and the honor and the praise for all that takes place, good or bad. He said, give it all to God and praise him for getting us through everything we've been through. For getting you up to this point right now, this very point in life. Praise God for where you're at right now. God says, I know your past. He said, I know you slaves in Egypt. He said, I know you under, under bondage there under Pharaoh. I know this, and I got you through it to this point. God says, you're about ready to cross over to the promised land. He said, but I want you to remember where I brought you from. When you cross that promised land, when you step over into that land of milk and honey, don't you dare forget where I brought you from. Don't you dare forget where you had been. 
Don't forget me when you get there. Folks, we cannot forget God when we step over into that land of milk and honey. When we step out of a land, wherever the bondage is that you're in right now, when you get out of that bondage, you cannot forget who brought you out of that bondage. You cannot forget who brought you out of slavery. You cannot forget who defeated Pharaoh. You cannot forget who has defeated Satan. It was God. Don't forget him when you cross over. Okay? I'm not talking about heaven. You're not going to forget him when you get there. But when you get to a better place here on earth, don't forget God. Don't forget the one that brought you to it. Number two, God wants us to remember how he did the miraculous in our life. Don't forget the miracles. Look at verse 22. Somewhere, here it is. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon, upon all his household before our eyes. There's no person in this room that God has not worked a miracle in your life. We could start right here at Miss George and go all the way back here to Jonathan, go all over this room and go pew to pew, heart to heart, person to person, and we would not find one person in this room, even this little young and back here where God has not performed a miracle in their life, where God has not done the miraculous in their life. If you're sitting here this morning and you're saved, there's a miracle we can all agree on. That's a miracle. But then you go through and you look at all the health concerns and conditions in this room. You look at where we have gone through suffering, where we go through pain, where we've been through loss, We've been through all this in our lives, and the miracle is he never left us, and he continued to comfort us. That's a miracle. He could have said, I ain't got time for you. He could have said, there's a billion other people in this world i got to deal with. Uh, your pain is not my problem. But he said, no, your pain is my problem, and I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to comfort you, and I'm going to perform miracles. How many of us should have been dead already? A lot of us. Mary, a couple times. We've all had issues, cardiac, liver, whatever it might be, cancer. But he's performed a miracle. And he said, don't forget the miracles that I have performed. Don't forget it. Nobody around here be skipped, I know that. God tells Israelites, see how I perform the miracles in your life. See how, <laughs> he said, how I performed miracles he said, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. But that first part says, and the Lord showed signs. All right, it didn't say Moses did it. It didn't say Aaron did it. It said the Lord showed signs. He said, I did these signs and wonders before your very eyes, and I want you to remember those things. We can't forget the miracles. We can't forget the days of rejoicing. I'll never forget, what, was it last year when we sat in here and you, the doctor called you and said everything was okay? We sat in here, more pacing the floor one Sunday morning. And she said, they don't, well, I think you said something like, they don't call on Sundays. <laughs> and we're sitting here right after church. And here's the thing, there wasn't, but I think two people left this church right after the service. And the rest of us are just hanging out here having a good old time. And then they call. So what do we get to do? She didn't have to call and say, guess what happened? We got to sit right here and rejoice with her over another miracle that he performed in her life. 
He said, don't forget that. I can't forget that. Every time I see Mary, that's what I think about. I think about that miracle. When I see Keith, I wasn't even pastor here yet. And Keith had his heart attack and gets flown out. That's a miracle. He's still sitting here right now. It's a miracle. We see the miracles. Folks, when you see people in this church or in your life where God has had a hand, that's a monument. That's a miracle. That's something for you to remember. You see, Keith, you see anybody in this church where you've seen, uh, seen God's hand, you look at that and say, there's a miracle and there's God. There's God. There he worked. Don't forget where he has supplied, where he, is, where he has stepped up and done the, the miraculous in our lives. He said, don't forget it. God's telling us, see how I perform miracle after miracle after miracle in your life? Don't forget that. He said, I've done those miracles to bring you to this very point. I performed miracle and the miraculous to get you right here today. Because he loves us. Third thing, God wants us to see how he has provided for our needs. For our needs. He said he's going to. We read it in the Bible all the time. He's going to provide for us. Because he loves us. That's, that's what a caring, loving father does for his children. Is he provides. As, as, as men of the house, we're the head of the house, we are to provide for our families. That is what men do. That is what God does. He is the head of the house. Jesus is the head of it. God the Father is going to provide for us whatever it may be. It may be just one loaf of bread. It might be somebody will pay you power bill. Or put gas in your car. But God's going to provide using them. God will always provide for us. 20, verse 23 says, And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us a land which he swear unto our fathers. Now notice that God took from this bad situation, the bondage, the slavery, being under the, the reign of, of Pharaoh right here, took them out, completely out of it, and then he brought them over to their own land. He took them out of Egypt and he put them in their own land. Took them out of a bad situation and put them in a good situation. They were no longer uh, going to be slaves. They were freed. They were freed from the bondage. Some of us today in this room right now are under bondage. Someone or some people in this room this morning are under bondage, whether it be drugs, alcohol, what pornography gambling whatever it might be somebody in this room is under bondage and they need freed somebody is a slave to sin this morning and they've got to be released from that sin they've got to be able to turn loose and let God have the situation that same God who took the Israelites out of slavery is the same God that's going to take you out of your slavery out of your bondage and get you to the promised land the same God there's no different God in here. The same God that you're reading about right here in Deuteronomy is the same God that's standing right here with us this morning at Chestnutdale, and he's going to take you out of that bondage. He's just going to release you from that slavery and let you get back on your feet and let you move forward in your life where you need to be going. That same God, that same God 
that sent his only begotten son. That same God that split the Red Sea. That same God that was there with Daniel in the den of lions. That same God that was right beside little David when he fought Goliath. That same God that shut Noah and his family up in the ark. That same God that walked in the garden with, in Genesis with Adam and Eve. That same God will release you from your bondage this morning. I promise you that. That same God. Churches should be packed right now with people. Every, every Sunday, churches should be packed, social distancing or not. They should be packed with people trying to get out of bondage. There is a state and a county and a country that we live in right now, and there are people living in these areas, in these communities right now, that are in bondage. We talk about it. I mean, all the way up your holler. There's people in bondage. There's people that are torn up right now with drugs and alcoholism, and it's getting worse. And these, we're seeing our children right now starting to suffer from all that's going on in this world. They're starting to slip, and they're starting to get into that bondage and, and the slavery of, of, of the sins that are out there that they're dabbling with now out of boredom and out of rebellion. We're seeing these children slip into bondage, and God is saying, these houses are open. These houses of worship are open. These churches are open. He says, my altar is open. He said, my heart is open. If they would just come to me, I would release them from that bondage. But there's a problem there. A lot of people say, I can't meet God till I fix this thing first. I can't meet God in all my filth. I can't meet God in all of my shame. I can't meet God in all of my sin. I can't see him. Well, you know what? They couldn't fix it yesterday. They ain't going to fix it today, and I promise you they ain't going to fix it themselves tomorrow because only God can fix that. Philippians 4.19 plainly tells us, he says, but my God shall supply all my needs. He said, my God, the need that you have right now is salvation. The need that you have right now is to be released from bondage. The need that we have right now is to be released from this sin, the, the slavery that we're in right now. That's your need this morning. But only God can supply that need. Only God. It ain't man. It ain't me. It ain't nothing that we can do. But it's what he can do. He will supply that need for you. And as you look back at your life, do you see God meeting your need? Absolutely. I think every one of us sit here this morning, just for a brief second, it will cross your mind when God supplied a need for you. He supplied a need for me on October 26, 1997. I needed a Savior, and I got one. Every one of us can look back if you're saved, and you can look at that moment in your life and say, I had a need, and he provided. But then we can also look back, and we'll use Mary again. Mary needed liver. Mary got a liver. Someone needed treatment for cancer, and they got treatment and got healed. Keith needed a helicopter, expensive helicopter. He got a helicopter. He got healed. We've all got a need, but only God can provide for that need. Number four, God wants you to know he is the one that has protected you. He protected you. Hang on to that one. Look at verse 24. It says, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. 
Have you ever thought to yourself, I don't know how I made it this far? How many times have you said that to yourself? I don't know how I made it this far. Can I answer it for you? If you're still struggling with an answer, let me answer it for you. God, that's how you made it this far. God is how you made it to this very point today. Right now, to this moment, God. And if you want to argue with me about it, we'll do it afterwards. But I'm going to win. It was God that protected you. It was God that got you to this point. God has been protecting us for a long, long time. God loves his children. God is going to bring his children out of that bondage. God is going to protect them and get them out of bondage, out of slavery, and into a promised land. God will protect you. This morning you might be thinking that you're protecting something, but I'm going to bust your bubble and tell you you're not. You're not protecting your children. You're not protecting your spouse. You're not protecting yourself. God is. That's what he does. He protects his own, and we are his. So he is taking care of us. He is protecting us. He loves us. He loves this little church. He loves the people of this church. But he also loves his church and the people of his church. Believe it or not, he loves the Methodists down the road and the Presbyterians down the road and the Lutherans down the road. He might even like some of them Catholics down the road. I don't know. But he loves his children, and he's going to protect us. He's going to be with us, and he's going to love on us, and he's going to keep us. But like, he, like I said and what he said, he's going to protect his children. We need someone who never slumbers. We need someone who never sleeps. And I think that's where, that's where we, we fail. We try to protect our families. We try to protect ourselves and, and our homes and our, our kids and our animals and all that stuff. We try to protect it, but we fail because we've got to slumber. We've got to sleep. We get tired. Jerry, you remember him night shifts? Man, <laughs> you, get, you get a little weary there towards the end, don't you? <laughs> you're not on your game when you're sleepy, when you're tired. You can't think clearly sometimes, especially after you've been in court all day and then work night shift. You can't think clearly. The Bible says over in, in Psalm 121, it says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So why in the world would we try to do it all ourselves? Why in the world would we try to protect everything and everybody ourselves when we got to sleep, when we got to slumber, when we're not on our game? When David just plainly told us right there that that God that protects Israel, he never slumbers nor sleeps. He don't take a break. God don't take a vacation. God is always awake, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed all the time. That's my God, because he's going to take care of his people. Now, fifth thing, God wants us to know that he has made a way for us. God has made a way. Look at verse 25. It says, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. The Bible says, what, the wages of sin is death and it also says that we're all sinners there's no way around that i'm sorry i can't sugarcoat it we're sinners we're born sinners we're dying sinners we're all sinners 
for the wages of sin is death. But we have a Savior. We have life everlasting through Jesus Christ. There was no way to eternity, and there is no way to eternity without Jesus. Got to have Jesus. Bible plainly tells us that there is no other way to get to heaven than by Jesus. And remember that He left the riches of heaven. Now we, I mean, we're just a few months or a few weeks into to January. Everybody knows what happened in December. We celebrate. Not Jesus wasn't born in December. We just celebrate it in December. Sorry, Angie, if you're listening, I just bust your bubble again. So we, she don't like it when I call that stuff out. We celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus left all the riches of heaven to come to earth. To, like I always say, God was skin on it. He came to earth. He lived a while. He died. And he was resurrected for us. There was no way for us to work our way to heaven. But God made a way for us to get to heaven. And that was through his son, Jesus Christ. Today, your life might seem like a dead end. You might feel like you've been under bondage. You've been a slave for so long that there is just no way out. I want you to know this morning that the same God that delivered the children of Israel out of bondage will deliver you out of your bondage. Whatever that slavery may be, there is still time. There is still a way. There is still only one way, and that's through Jesus. But there is a way to get out of your bondage. He made a way for the Israelites to leave the land of slavery. He made a way for them to go into the land of milk and honey. And he will, and I promise you this, hand on the Bible, he will make a way for you. He will deliver you from whatever's got you down. There's all kinds of sins in this world. You know, I just rattled off three or four. There's tons of sins in this world right now. He can deliver you from that. and He'll bring you to greener pastures, and you won't want to turn back. He can make a way in your life if you'll just let him. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we have looked at your word, we have looked at where you delivered your people out of bondage. We looked at where you delivered your children out of slavery. God, I know in my heart, I've seen it firsthand. You're still doing it. You're still performing miracles. You're still doing the miraculous in each person's life. You're still delivering them out of bondage. You're still delivering them out of slavery. You're still with them when times look bleak, when times look tough, times look like there is no hope. There is hope because we have hope in Jesus Christ. We have hope in your Son. We have hope in the Savior. Father, I pray this morning if there would be one listening, be one here today that's struggling with something in their life, if there would be something that's got them bound down, Lord, if there's a burden in their heart, Lord, if there's something going on that, that they can't handle on their own, which we know they can't, but we know that you can. And I pray, Lord, that they would come to you. Lord, come to you as we sing, just as I am. I pray, Lord, they would come to you just as they are. Lord, bring it all to you. Leave it all on you. You can handle it. You've handled so much in the past. We know you're going to handle a lot more in the future. 
Lord, our, our burdens are heavy, and we're weary and we're weak. But, Lord, you're the strongest when we're at our weakest. And, Lord, I pray that you just help take off that burden. Take, take, upon, take it upon yourself. Lord, lighten that load for a brother or a sister that might be here this morning that's struggling so bad. Lord, we thank you again for this time that you put us all together. Lord, allowing us to come back to your house. Lord, for keeping us healthy, keeping us safe, for allowing us to worship freely, proclaiming the gospel every chance we get. And Lord, I pray you bless each one of that's represented here today. Keep us safe when we leave here. Bring us back here at the point of time safely. And Lord, again, we just can't thank you enough for what you continue to do, and what you have done for us in the past. And Lord, I, I can't wait to see what plans you have in store for us in the near future. God, we love you and we praise you. I listen to your son's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, church, I do hope you all have a, a great week. And it looks like we're going to have a, one week with no snow, I think, for now. I think it's just rain tomorrow. But uh, uh, y'all just keep praying. Lord, just uh, keep us healthy and safe. And, and hopefully in the near future, we'll get back on track uh, with the, thing, the way things used to be and, and ought to be where we can, we can worship a whole lot more freely than we have here lately. Does anybody have anything on their, on their heart or mind this morning before we close out? I bet his feet's killing him. <laughs> right. That's a good, I tell you what. We got him and Dante still in, uh, right? He's out. Well, that went by quick. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Well, still, and I appreciate all those men and women that are are serving and have served. That's one of the things with what I'm doing at work right now. Uh, I was able to convince my boss to allow us to give military discounts, and I love to talk to these individuals, and I, I like to ask them, you know, were were you or are you? active service and I, I love to hear them say yes and we give them that discount and they say we don't think people should give us discounts for for giving our time and we can't if it was up to me we wouldn't even charge them a dime for what we're doing but uh, I appreciate those men and women that serve greatly anybody else nothing just thought 2020 was over didn't you <laughs> it's carryover uh, and just so y'all know my nephew come back they had to send him down Thursday Thursday Cody had he had a surgery a couple months ago but uh, they had to send him back to that they had to stop at Baptist but he was leaking spinal fluid uh, from where they'd done that surgery a couple months ago no it was last week when they went to Chapel Hill they went in and yeah they went in and filled up his baclofen pump 
and then ended up they had nicked something along the way so he was leaking spinal fluid out Thursday and they had to take him they ended up at Baptist first and then Chapel Hill sent an ambulance up to pick him up from Baptist to take him on down to Chapel Hill but they was able to go in do emergency surgery and and fix it real real quick so he he's home he come home late last night uh, and doing well just hanging out and jabbering a lot they said so he's doing good but um just keep praying for that family cody's cody's been through a lot for a well, hope nine this year for a nine-year-old he's been through a lot jonathan will you dismiss us please Man. All right, we'll see y'all a little later.